Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Happy Friday, everybody. I hope you all have had an amazing week. I know I'm just glad this week is over because it's been a lot. But anyway, we are not here to talk about shenanigans from the week. We're here to talk about fun things. And today's guest is incredibly fun and cool and all the above. We have Rebecca Gordius, who is the Senior Communications Manager for Minecraft and Xbox over at Microsoft. And you all, she's so cool. We talk about games. We talk about representation in gaming in terms of people of color and women in the space. We talk about all the cool things coming out with xbox as you all know i've re-entered my gaming era and i'm just excited to talk about games all the time now as you all have noticed we've had a lot of gaming people on lately but let's break it all down if you like games if you like taking notes i don't know where i got that where i'm going with that if you just want to hang out and have fun on a friday whatever time of day it is for you you're in the right place so let's get into today's episode rebecca welcome how are you <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. It's a lovely day in New York. How are you? Uh, we're so happy. The rain is gone. <laughs> yes. We're living our best lives. <laughs> um, but before we get started, we always like to do the question of what the term young influential means to you. Mm, interesting. Um, well, you know, I've always kind of felt like the baby at work. Like I've always been one of the younger people working with a group of older people. And so I feel like I've kind of been a young influential for most of my <laughs> career because I've been like the young one in the crowd. They're like, is this cool? I'm like, yeah. Um, so I feel like it's the, the people in the room who are validating to the old people. Yes, this is where the industry is going. This is what's cool. And I'm like five years away from being, uh, not being a young influential anymore, but that's okay. <laughs> Stop. We don't judge here. You know, like, we, all, we all have our skincare routines. Like oh, we, we're true. good. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into like Xbox and all that jazz, like take us back to Rebecca in the childhood. Like, were you always into games or like, how did you get introduced into the game realm? 
Yeah, I have been a nerd since day one. I always enjoyed video games, anime, cartoons, sci-fi, stuff like that. They, they just all blend so well together. Um, but then when I started going to school, that kind of fell by the wayside. It felt like, at least back in that day, it was, you know, your passions are your passions, but you need to find a serious job. And, you know, as all of my uh, Asian aunties said, you need to be a lawyer or you need to be a doctor. Um, but eventually I found a way to marry the two. And now my passion is my job. So. I love that. No, that's so that's so funny because I feel like back when we were like coming through, like we we couldn't even imagine like making money off of games. Like I feel like when I'm talking to people, they're like, "Oh, you have a Twitch page, and I stream me playing <laughs> Halo all day." I'm like, "Wait, what?" It's just like we would have ne- like that concept just like never would have crossed our minds back then. It's so cool how we're seeing like how movie franchises and so much stuff has been born out of games where like. Even if you're not on the like heavy game side, but you want to do like the video stuff, like there's franchises that still use games and stuff. And we're seeing concerts and stuff like yeah. the Roblox thing use it. So it's like it's so vast now. Yeah, I think I saw um, a study that said like, you know, among Gen Z, there isn't even a question of are you a gamer or are you not a gamer? It's just kind of assumed that everyone plays games or enjoys some kind of gaming property in their regular life. So I'm happy to say I think we're all gamers now. <laughs> I know it's like I haven't. I feel I feel bad. I haven't played one in so long. Um, I'm trying to think. The last one I, I know I was like obsessed with like the Halos. Like I was obsessed mm. with those. Um, and then the Forza Motorsport. I think maybe that was the last <laughs> yeah. one I played. Like okay, that's like, okay. that gives you like a, I love the racing car simulator ones, and I've always it been would, obsessed with like building it. <laughs> you know, it would it would blow your mind if you tried some of the like high tech experiences that we have for gaming now. I mean, we're really, really starting to blur. I mean, I feel like people have been saying this for years, but we're really starting to blur the line between like what's, what's real life (laughs) graphics and what visual like uh, virtual graphics look like, like video games. And I mean, I think so many people have participated in like concerts in games, events in games. So even if you're not like actively playing games, like there's still some aspect of gaming creeping into your life. (laughs) No, that's so true. That's so true. And I feel like some of them, like you said, are so realistic. Like I remember I was playing one and like the beginning, like story intro was like, I don't know. I feel like it's like an orphan or something like really sad and dramatic. And I was like, I don't want to play because I don't want to let her down. (laughs) If I let her down, like, I feel like I didn't fail myself, but I failed her. (laughs) I know. I would be lying if I said I haven't cried while playing many video games. It's a great storytelling medium. And I think gaming has just come so far in the last couple decades too. Like you mentioned, it's been a while. Like, it's it's worth a check in because now there are a lot of games uh, covering like really interesting topics. Like we have games that like you know you, you mentioned being sad, being an orphan, but there are games that put you into the shoes of someone with uh, you know like different disabilities from different like walks of life. Like we had um, a game called Tell Me Why, which puts you into the shoes of someone who's transgender, and I think that was like the first playable transgender video game character ever, <laughs> and that was like a year or two ago. Um, you know, there are games where you play as someone who is blind and you have to go through listening to audio cues and, um, you know, someone who's bisexual or someone who's gay. Like there are just so many different ways that pe- like games are being used for storytelling, seeing different perspectives. And I just I love it. It's come so far. <laughs> and I feel like also not just game, but I feel like the gaming industry as a whole, like I feel like 
growing up back then we saw like kind of the same type would be like a guy <laughs> like whatever and we're now seeing like more women of color more yeah. women we're just seeing more representation in the industry and I feel like that's also what helped me want to get back into it because I'm like oh like there's other people in this space yeah. now that are like kind of bringing their experiences and their stories along with it and it's like hey like there's space for us or like there's space for more than one perspective yeah. like you said like so I feel like that's also I feel like helped adapt like people get more into it also like they're now seeing like oh like I see that there's a like a woman and like who's like the CMO of that game company so like there is space for me who's in it or yeah. like there's that person who's brown like I can like okay like we can be in this industry now like it's not just like all one type now <laughs> totally I yeah I've been in so I've been working in gaming for just about 10 years now and in that time I'm so i I'm a communications manager at Xbox. And so we work with a lot of spokespeople. We like, we're kind of behind the scenes, like getting people ready to represent us and things like that. And just over the years, we've seen so many more women, so many people of color. It is a, a very intentional effort though. You know, like gaming companies, like this kind of diversity doesn't just magically happen <laughs> overnight. <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, if you want to make a more diverse industry, you have to like actually put the effort into supporting people of color, like making your company a welcoming place. Like I think it was like seven years ago, maybe eight years ago, gaming went through kind of a reckoning. Like we had a Me Too movement. There was a lot of attention all of a sudden on how women were treated in the gaming industry. And, you know, as a woman, a young, a very young woman at the time, I felt that, you know, like I had felt like feeling really, you know, the other in a room full of like white men when I was starting my career and kind of feeling like people weren't taking my opinion as seriously and not even realizing that I was a gamer and things like that. And the industry has come a long way. And I'm happy to say, you know, I think it was our last press conference, like half of our speakers were women. And that was just, oh, it was a lovely <laughs> to see. So, <laughs> you know, no, that's so good. And I feel like, I feel like that's, I know that just seeing that and like talking to you and just like, wow, like the industry has come so far and it's just, it's mind blowing. It's also like, there's still obviously a lot of work still to be done, but of course we've seen that change. It's just good to see like where we were like 10 years ago and like, wow, we've come a long way. Like you've touched on like the different games, like representation in games. And then mm -hmm. also in the boardrooms and stuff too, has been just like, just mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I think it's also, one other thing that's really interesting about the industry is you don't have to just like, you don't just have to learn how to code and go work at a really big publishing company. Like there are a lot of people who are just starting up. Like now we have the, you know, just as a, as a race, as, as people, we have the more stronger technical capabilities so that people can become an independent developer. Like there are a lot of gaming startups and things like that. And so as a result, like we have just better diversity of games too. So there are games, like I mentioned, telling all these different stories. Um, you know, it's not just solely like, okay, Xbox is coming out with this game, PlayStation's coming out with this game. Like we have all these like small games that are coming out and like people who are like, you know, kind of creating, creating new games and experiences themselves, which is really cool. And like to kind of backtrack a little bit for those who aren't familiar with Xbox, like, can you kind of give us like a general <laughs> definition of like of what it is? <laughs> yeah, sure. So Xbox is a really pretty sizable game publisher and developer. So publisher meaning that we, uh, you know, put out into the world games created by other people and we help them put it to the finish line. Or we also develop games ourselves. We have a lot of our what we call first party studios who are creating games like Forza and Halo, like you mentioned. Um, but then we're also, you know, kind of looking at how we can 
help, like I mentioned, like, so we're publishers, but we can also help other video game developers or people who are aspiring to get into the video game space. So we have, um, I don't know if this is interesting, but we have a couple <laughs> programs like just around creating the games and the diversity that you want. So like we have a game camp, which we're doing around the world. We did one Ooh. in Louisiana, one in Atlanta. Um, and so with that game camp, we're basically going to these underrepresented communities, teaching them about careers in gaming, giving them some of the early resources, and then hopefully inspiring them to <laughs> become game developers someday. And I feel like that that is cool because it's like a lot of times people like a lot of people want to get into it. Like I know like when I was trying to come through with media, like trying to find an internship or any resources felt mm-hmm. so hard and like, yeah, and there. And I feel like that's so cool that you guys are doing programs and stuff. Cause I feel like at around the time of like high school and stuff, you're like, okay, like I'm interested in this. Like I want to do that, but it's like, you don't really know where to go and like what, like where to get ideas of like, okay, well, how do I get an internship or how do I get in here? So yeah. that's cool that you guys like have, I feel like that's cool. Like not just you guys, but like we're seeing like overall, but like, more of these like camps and stuff where they're trying to teach people at a young yeah. age, whether it's coding or just like how to break off of the yeah. industry yeah, overall. So much of it is just outreach. Like I've spoken to students a few different times who are interested in careers in gaming, but I always love to tell them I'm really bad at math and I have a great <laughs> career in gaming. You know, like you don't have to become a coder or an engineer. Um, you know, there are all these other disciplines like art, design, even just project management, people who are good at organizing things and getting things done, um, or then communications, marketing, like there are social media, which is a huge one. Um, so there's just so many different ways to get a career in gaming now. And it's just really important to tell tell the youth, <laughs> <laughs> make sure that they can get in there too. So, yeah. And I thought you brought up a good thing. Like I, a thing that I feel like is really interesting is we're now seeing like, it's not new, but like social media and there's like so many platforms now I can't keep up. Like, how do you guys like balance between like Mark? Cause I feel like whenever you're marketing, like you still like, we have like our age group, the millennials, and then there's like Gen Z and younger. So when you guys are using these platforms, is there like a formula that you guys do where like whenever you're formulating the messaging, like how do you all kind of reach both, but not like make yeah. it where it seems weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's, that's another interesting thing with having worked in like media and communications over the last 10 years is the field has just changed so much. When I was in school, I was learning how to write the most boring press releases. They were always going to be five paragraphs. You had to have your email, your phone number at the bottom, all of these things. Um, and now we reach people through TikTok. We reach people through YouTube, through like organizing Twitter Twitch streams, things like that. Um, just, I mean, it really depends on the industry that you're in. But for gaming, like we just in general, there's been such a shift away from traditional press and shifting toward working through influencer marketing, influencer engagement. And it just feels so much more organic. And I think that's what Gen Z and the next, like that's what Gen Z and millennials too are looking for. Um, and honestly, like they're the ones who are spending money on games. Like, so they're, you know, they're our target audience. And so we're adapting how we work to reach them. Cause I feel like a lot of times people are like, Oh, we got to like reach like this age. We have to reach like the millennial parents. And we now have to reach like the Gen Z or who's like in college. And it, a lot of times when they try to use the different beatings, it's always like, okay, you guys are clearly like trying hard or something. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I feel like you guys do a good job. Cause I, I feel like you guys like, it's really, I feel like you guys do a really good job of kind of like, marketing that fine tune and really just honing in on like the gamer itself versus yeah. like trying to talk to like because I feel like a lot of times like branches and stuff are like we got to talk to like Gen Z or this group and it's like 
talk to the, your consumer who like who like just create yeah. the listing of like what they like like you don't need to figure get into all that stuff because then when you do that you're it's just like people are going to tell that like okay you're clearly not gen z who's behind yeah. this account like or <laughs> no. whatever it's like just focus on like the content and like what you what your audience like would like to see based off the comments yeah. or whatever our, I know we always talk about the the fails at work, like <laughs> social media, like marketing, PR fails. We're like, ah, oh, we love it, but also try to learn from it. But our our social media team is first class. I think they're really good at adapting each platform to the target audience. Because like on Twitter, I think, and this is just me rambling, but I, I think on Twitter we have more of our kind of millennial age gamer audience. And so we do a lot of posts that are like throwbacks, like, you know, oh, who remembers this map or making jokes about, you know, like doing things in Minecraft early on. And then on TikTok, we are like working with like the up and coming like gaming influencers and trying to get content with them and, um, you know, partnering with them on things that are natural to their brand. Um, so it's just, it's, you know, yeah, like you said, it's like it's it's different platforms, different audiences, and then just kind of figuring out the right way to reach each. Yeah, because I feel like now, like with, I feel like early on, like I'd say like maybe five, 10 years ago when all the platforms were first emerging, everybody was like kind of just copy and pasting on all the platforms where it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, funny video on Facebook, let's put it here on Twitter. And let's put <laughs> exactly. it here. It's, it's like, yeah. no, it's like you have to know that kind of like you said, like where the t- your audiences are and then the types of audiences on those platforms and like how to use it. Because I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, like TikTok. Oh, let's just put the trailer of this new game on there. It's like. <laughs> That'll oh. do great. Yeah. It's Everyone's like, all right. It. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, aside from that, like, I know like YouTube was uh, was also like a big push. Like, do you guys still do a lot with more creators and YouTubers? Or like, how do you guys balance like YouTube now? Because I feel like short form, like where everybody's like really pushing that compared to like more of the longer form YouTube. And we feel, I feel like I've seen a lot more companies like kind of shy away from that. They'll do that for like more like seasonal bit campaigns where they'll do something, but it's not really part of quote unquote, their like social strategy. Yeah. YouTube is, is a complicated one. Cause in the gaming space, like we have so many dedicated YouTube influencers and content creators. And at least our perspective at Xbox is we don't really want to infringe on what they're already doing. Like it's already working for them. So we generally take the approach of trying to help them. So we, you know, help YouTubers by like trying to inform, like alert them to interesting content, like different, um, you know, things that we have available for them, like hardware, software, subscriptions, things like that. But we generally try not to like artificially alter the ecosystem. Um, that said, our own channel strategy is a little bit different. You know, we are trying to do, like you said, experiment with short form. Um, it's just, I think things have just been changing so rapidly, um, which is exciting and kind of scary to see. But, you know, it's it's good. I think I think we're always up for a challenge. Like, I feel like if I see you guys on Be Real next, like, <laughs> I will <laughs> Like, I don't know what you would post, but I'm sure that my social media team is already thinking about it and thinking about what they could post. So, <laughs> oh, like, I don't like, really know what would yeah. be there. <laughs> yeah. uh, it'd be like uh, behind the scenes of like someone playing video games in bed or something. Like, oh my oh, I don't know. hiring for your small business, if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Like, I can't, that'd be hilarious. But like, I know we talked about a little bit that you guys do different programs for like developers, but do you guys like offer any like other tools to like kind of like do boot camps and stuff to really like kind of help like those who are say like students or whatever, like get more hands-on experience with it? Yeah, so I think the game camp is the big like hands-on one. Um, we also have some like other kind of initiatives that we're we're working with. So one we just announced it, I think a couple weeks ago, um, was Project Amplify. And so we basically got 14 um, black employees from Xbox. They're part of the like Blacks at Xbox group, which is one of our great employee resource groups. Um, we got like different testimonials from them. They're people who work across different disciplines. And we put those up on YouTube because part of just you know, the, I feel like the first step in imagining yourself in a cool job is seeing someone else who kind of looks like you and reminds you of yourself in that job. Um, and so we want to, you know, inspire, uh, it sounds so cringe, but we want to inspire you to get these careers in gaming and to show them like, you know, you can have XYZ job. Um, we also put out like a bunch of different like lessons around just what it means to do art in video games or you know, learning how to code in C++ or C Sharp or JavaScript and all of these things. Like we we're putting those resources out there. Um, so we're trying to find ways to do, you know, not just reaching people in person through game camp, but also reaching people who are, you know, maybe don't have the resources to travel or just at home and want to learn more. So we're, we're trying. <laughs> no, and I feel like you also brought up a good point too about like, I mean, like I was one of those two would be like, oh, like I saw like, somebody who is brown or whatever like I yeah. want to be just like that would I no that's so true and I feel like once you get there too like it's also important to have like those groups or initiatives like inside the team to like really build camaraderie to really like talk about like any issues or stuff within yeah. like the community that so do you guys do like a lot of like and like any other like DEI initiatives like within the teams to like kind of like help bring those discussions to the table yeah absolutely we have a lot like we have a 
big network of different employee resource groups. So I'm part of Asians at Xbox. I'm also part of Women in Gaming. Um, and so through those groups, we try to just basically like make everyone feel welcome and to also promote our own cultures throughout the company. So like for what was the last one we did, like for Lunar New Year, for example, which is in February, a lot of people also call it Chinese New Year. We did a series of like our group together hosted like series of like learning sessions where people could come and hear like what different cultures. So like uh, I did one within the Minecraft team. And so like we had someone who was Chinese, uh, someone who's Vietnamese kind of share like what they do for Lunar New Year within their team uh, or sorry, within their family. Um, and then me, like I'm, I was like our Korean representative. I was like, oh, this is how my family celebrates Lunar New Year. Um, and so we kind of share like our culture and our history with our teammates. And, you know, we do a lot of those kinds of things, Hispanic Heritage Month, Black History Month. I think there was uh, one for like Jewish Heritage Month too. Um, so, you know, all of the different like Xbox teams kind of have these little groups and these little networks, but they're helping to create safe spaces for the employees, which I think is super important. Yeah, I feel like especially like since after the pandemic, we've all been hearing of like the keyword phrase of like, how do you bring your whole self to work? So like <laughs> yeah. having like those spaces, like for people to like have those conversations, especially like in gaming and stuff. Like I feel like a lot of times and stuff, we'll see like games and movies get like the backlash and people will be like, I don't understand. It's like, did you talk to your employees first yeah. in these groups? And I feel like that's so key to have the representation. So like, if you're feeling like, mm, I don't know if this is going to hit well, like, I think we should bring this to our like, LGBTQ plus or like group exactly. to like see like if this or to our black and Asian group to see like if this character or whatever if this storyline makes sense or if this is really authentic to whatever that I feel yeah. like that's why I feel like a lot of times people are like I don't think it's necessary for us to have those groups it's like no like if <laughs> like those groups are so vital be so that you can avoid flops and stuff like that down totally. the road. <laughs> So yeah. I think it's so key. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even so, I, I know that every company and every person's perspective on like this word in particular is different. But like with when it comes to like Hispanic, Hispanic Heritage Month, we had a lot of conversation within the employee resource groups, particularly the you know, Hispanic group, around like using the phrase let let Latinx Latinx versus Latino versus Latina. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and ultimately like after working with our, um, you know, our Hispanic group at Microsoft, like we were able to determine like, no, we should not use Latin X, like, you know, the gaming community, like our audience isn't really receptive to that. Like, we also don't really feel like it makes sense. And so we as a team, but like by, you know, talking to the right people, we're able to make that kind of decision. Um, but I think, you know, it's just, you need to talk to the people <laughs> who yeah. are actually from this background to make that kind of decision. So Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's so key because it's like, I don't understand what went wrong. Well, did you talk to somebody? <laughs> like, um, I know. Hello? <laughs> I know. We, we talked about the... Um, <clears throat> the NFL. Did you see that one? Oh my they, gosh. <laughs> that was like it's, it's an example of not talking to your employees, right? Um, where they, they added I'm I'm not sure what it's called, but like the end to make it like yeah. a, you know, um mm -hmm. they added the the dash over the the end. Um yeah, and we were like, okay, this is a bad example. So we're like, like, we don't do stuff like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, here we go. Oh yeah. <laughs> But speaking of interacting with people, like, I feel like mm -hmm. I also see you guys do, like, a lot of cool activations in person, which I'm a huge experimental marketing person. Like, those are, <laughs> I know, like, to me growing up, those were always so cool. And I'd see, like, whenever the 360 came out, gosh, I'm really giving myself age away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Really <laughs> myself here. Uh, me too, though. It's okay. <laughs> like, whenever the 360 came out, I feel like there was something I went to where you guys had them all out and displayed. Yeah. And you could, like, 
try them out and stuff? Like, are you guys really pushing stuff like that since like now we're getting used to meeting back in person again? It's, it's interesting. I, I think that with a lot of consumer tech or for like kind of entertainment brands, you want to have some kind of really big launch moment. Like with movies, they obviously do these huge red carpet premieres. And so for games and for consoles and hardware and things like that, we used to do these kind of really big scale events. Like I remember when we launched the Xbox One in 2013, we did like world celebrations. Like we did one in like London, New York, like Tokyo, all these different places. And they were like really expensive, blah, blah. Um, But we're also finding now that like these things are not super, I mean, not very like inclusive. And so we're trying to pivot more to doing like virtual things. So like Mm -hmm. we've been doing like virtual press conferences, Um, like the Minecraft team hosts a virtual broadcast. They used to do a convention, but they were like, well, the convention can only be accessed by people who have the money to travel and, you know, have the money to go buy a hotel and buy a convention pass. And so we're doing a lot of things virtually now, which isn't, isn't as sexy, I guess, when I I say it out loud, but I think it's more inclusive. Um, We're using our money in other ways. So I think, I, I don't know. I think it's like, this is just another kind of shift in industries. Like, you know, we're not sending these like lavish, um, you know, packages to creators anymore, which are full of non-recyclable materials. Like we're trying to be sustainable. We're trying to be more thoughtful about things. Oh God, I sound really boring, but. <laughs> um, I'm interested in that. I'm like, I'm over here like, ooh. Cause like when you said like the access thing, like that, that that's like, I haven't heard anybody say that. Like I've heard people say like, oh, virtual to like, at bring people in like bring more people in but you saying it from the aspect of like it's actually like allows access to more because like those i didn't even think about that like oh yeah you have to buy the hotel the next one's a pass yeah. and i didn't even think about that so like that's an interesting point too there's also a lot of people who just physically can't travel like you know maybe they have families or maybe they have a disability too so like when we work with so a big part of my job is working with influencers and like when we work with them we try to at least have some kind of a virtual component for everything so that the people who aren't physically able to travel can still participate and we've gotten really good feedback like a bunch of the creators that we work with are you know have some kind of disability and so they're like you know it's great to still be able to you know see everything that everyone else is seeing and to get this kind of content so um i think we're going in the right direction <laughs> no i think i think that's really cool and i feel like that's like also a good outlook to look at it like especially for those who were like who were like oh i don't understand like why they're not doing in person or whatever doing as much in person but hearing like that perspective be like no it actually like there's all these other factors and you're like okay well that makes sense and it's like <laughs> yeah. also everybody's like getting the same experience too like you said like some aren't able to travel so like whatever, whatever, not saying that like you guys won't ever do in person again, but I feel like shifting your mind to, to that perspective and that thought where it's like, look, like this actually like brings more people in and I'm like helping to save money too. It's like that, yeah. that's a, that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you think so. Yeah. Cause when you said it like that, I was like, Oh, I didn't even think, I didn't even think of that. I didn't, I didn't even like, that wasn't even something that I, I was just like, I just, the typical speech has been like, Oh, like, yeah, we're trying to cut expenses, so we're doing more virtual. But hearing you say that from like the perspective of like, uh, like some people can't travel, some people have family, whatever, whatever, like that makes more logical sense. Like, oh, okay, no, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah, like I remember, like four years ago, we hosted an event at the um the Stockholm Mojang Studios office where Minecraft is made. And we flew people from around the world and yeah, it was expensive, but it was also crazy time intensive for some of them. Like to fly from Australia to Stockholm was like a 36 oh hour trip for someone. 
And gosh. so we're like, maybe we should just do virtual. Like we could have more people come. Like it would be easier on everyone's schedules. And so anyway, just one other <laughs> way we're oh pivoting, I guess. Yeah, that that 36 hour flight. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, not worth it. The chaos of it. it all. <laughs> yeah. But like what's like what's like one type of game I'm just this like I'm just curious like do you guys like whenever people are like talk, I know like the simulation the role-playing types are really popular but are you guys seeing a shift in like more of a type of game that people are wanting to see compared to others yeah I think the world is moving away from the first person shooter I mean even games like World of Warcraft like they um I, I so I think that we're we're seeing like games people don't want um, the, the same kind of rinse and repeat experience. So like Call of Duty has been just having like an annual release for the last like 20 years or something like that. And I think people are kind of over it. Like games in general are moving toward, a lot of games are doing like a seasonal model, um, but just in the type of games that people wanna play, I mean, it should come to no surprise that people want to see themselves reflect, reflected in a lot of games. And so we're seeing a lot more, um, you know, games coming out that are story driven or like maybe more narrative based. Um, I think those are getting really good reception, like just telling different perspectives. Um, definitely not as much like shooters aren't encompassing the whole gaming industry anymore. You know, I remember seeing on the news people talking about how video games were violent and like caused kids to be angry in school oh and things gosh, like that yes. like you know we're seeing games used for educational purposes now too which is really cool so i think the industry has just changed a lot um but i mean even just looking from like the games that you'll see on like xbox game pass like we have a lot of games from like japanese developers that are like role-playing games or um you know games created from like movies like there's a marvel like guardians of the galaxy game that did really well so just, I don't know, there, there isn't really like one genre that's really successful anymore. Like, you know, people just want to see all the experiences they see in real life in reflected in video games. And when you said that, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, I merely thought of, I'm like, oh, Metaverse. I don't know why, but I just put that correlation together. <laughs> okay. I don't know, Galaxy okay. Metaverse, like, are, do you guys have any, like, metaverse like initiative type like i know that's like the hot button word right now like are you guys doing <laughs> anything? No, it, really, it really is there have been so many meetings just on <laughs> metaverse alone do we say it do we talk about it are we comfortable with it um i mean there are a lot of our games that are have been metaverses for a long time like games like minecraft games like roblox where people are meeting in a virtual world and they're playing together like that's a metaverse so these it's nothing new it's just a new mainstream thing you know um (laughs) we do i mean we talk about like other things like you know like i mentioned like events like people have hosted like concerts in like fortnite and in minecraft and like thinking about how we can do that kind of thing in a safe way a lot of these are unsanctioned events and so there isn't really like an official partner. Um, So trying to think about how we can approach the metaverse in a safe and responsible way as it's going to continue expanding and people are going to continue to focus on this, like thinking like, okay, how can we approach this in the right way? (laughs) Like, could you guys just do one with Shawn Mendes? Because I took the tour and I really was hoping to go and like, I'm really sad about it. So if you guys could do that, like... (laughs) 
I mean, honestly, he should have done something. I mean, even just like the at-home concerts, people love that. Like, did you see that? I think DJ Snake, not that I'm a huge fan girl or anything, (laughs) but he he started like, I think there's like a French version of OnlyFans and he like signed up for it. But it's like, but it's like music. It's not. um, (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, so he's going to do like live sets for like subscribers and I just, you know, kind of taking it back to our earlier conversation around just like jobs these days and like how far things have come and like fun jobs. It's just so wild that you can just be really good at something and just sell that online now. You know what I mean? Like you can have a talent and just have people subscribe to you for your talent. And it's, it's really cool. Yeah, like it's like now like Instagram. I'm sure you see the notification where it's like so-and-so's page now has a subscription service. I'm like, I'm like, all you do is literally make videos (laughs) of you looking at butter. Like I'm not subscribing to that. But watch them make like 500,000 a year off those butter videos. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, there's like the guy who does the paint, right? On TikTok. Like he just makes his paint colors. Like I'm sure he could get somewhere if he did a subscription only one. Like now to see extra paint. (laughs) Like honestly, like after talking to you, I'm like, dang, I shouldn't have like let go of my like gaming career so early because <laughs> I don't like I think the last game I played was like Forza 3 maybe Ooh. I Ooh, feel yeah. that was a minute after, ago <laughs> yeah, I was like again exposing myself <laughs> so I'm like after talking to you like you and a few other gamers I'm like dang like it's not too late for me to get back in take some C++ developer class <laughs> <laughs> no, like, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I have a lot of friends who have like changed industries, especially in the last couple of years, you know, like, I think the last couple of years has really helped people realize, like, am I doing what I want to do with my life? And the answer is usually no. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like a lot of my friends are starting to pivot. Like, you know, I have a friend who works in like tech finance, and she's like, screw this, I want to work in the music industry instead. And so she's looking for jobs in the music industry. Like, I I don't know. The world is your oyster. Like there's only room for more game developers, for more game creators. Like, I don't know. Gaming is a huge and booming industry. Gaming's not going anywhere. No, like, yeah. Like I, like I definitely, I definitely did like, I could find my niche in the game creator. I think you could. I could find it. You know, like we talk about like, I don't know, TV. We talk about like Law and Order while I play like vintage like 2000s like xbox games that could be like honestly you you have a great voice like you could i could see you like narrating like you have like within um like there's like a role-playing subset of like content creation where games like roblox and games like minecraft people will like just basically create a movie and like tell stories you could do voice acting like you could do the narration you You need to be my manager you're my manager Done, you're hired. <laughs> no, I love that. And I guess like for my last question, like we've kind of touched on it, but like for those who are looking at be like, oh, like I would like to get into like gaming or how can I like start a career in gaming? Like what advice would you say? Like for those who are like, oh, I'd love like maybe an internship or like an entry level like job or like, like how would they get started? Well, one thing that's really great is it's so easy to find people these days. Like everyone that I work with, so I've I've worked with the Minecraft team really closely over the last like five years. And 
there are so many people I work with who love talking to students and love like giving them information on how they got their job, what kind of background they did, talking to schools, talking, you know. Um, so I think just even finding people who work in the industry and reaching out to them, uh, a lot of them are super friendly and want to help. Um, but aside from that, like there are just so many, I feel like the internet is such a like vast place <laughs> to when I was growing up. Like I would have loved to have talked to someone like me when I was growing up. But um, I think just like, I don't know, there, there are just so many people out there that you could reach out to network with. And I, I feel like everyone in the gaming industry is really friendly and wants to encourage the, you know, I know I keep saying it, the next generation of developers, but you know, it's kind of our way to give back and uh, help out. So. No, I feel like that's so true. I feel like, generally anybody you like you dm on twitter or like into even in the comments like there's always somebody or linkedin like somebody's always like oh like yeah sure like yeah I'll let's set up a coffee like or zoom i feel like versus like for us it was like get out my dms you weirdo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why are you sending me a linkedin connection yeah. request i don't even know you um <laughs> but you know i also i had I had this one professor when I was in grad school who told me, um, he gave me one piece of advice that kind of helped me find my career in gaming, which was like, figure out what you're good at and then go like apply that to the industry that is actually of interest to you. Like when you're personally Ooh. interested in something that actually makes you so much better at your job. Like I work with a lot of people who aren't personally gamers, have never played a video game or held a controller in their life. And they're really good at their job. But I think you just have that extra level of like, passion and skill if you are really personally invested in what you're working in so if you like games like just worry about that later but figure out what you're good at first like if you're really good at drawing if you're really good at like writing communication then go pursue a relevant degree and then you can find a job uh, that fits your passion and your fits your interest just like I did. Ooh, I like that. Come on. <laughs> Drop the mic. We're done. Everybody go okay. home. <laughs> but thank you so much, Rebecca. This was so good. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> wow. How great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.